The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hey, what is going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, episode 91. The short story at the end of today's episode will be from Untold Mayhem. That short story is counting on it. Um, As much as I like this cover that my buddy Jeff Campbell made for me, um, we just redid the cover for both uh, Untold Mayhem and Twisted Reunion uh, for the ebook. Both of the books, they just weren't converting that well. I think uh, the covers were kind of lacking. All I've been doing the last couple of weeks is I've been working with a great uh, coach, a business coach, Sean Dill from Black Diamond Club. Uh, that has been awesome. Redoing the website, really nice professional website, making sure that's all squared away. I've been spending all kinds of time looking at Amazon keywords and categories and doing everything that I need to do in order to make myself successful. I spent too much of my time only concentrating on the writing and just saying I don't want to mess with the marketing. I don't want to do the business side of it. But if I take that approach, I'm never going to go anywhere. I'll have a lot of cool books. No one will be reading them though. That is not what I want. I want to share my work. Uh, and that's why right now, well, part of the strategy too is I just made Brightside and Somber Stroll permanently free on Amazon, which is awesome. They're both doing really well in the free store and I haven't even run any ads on them yet. So if you know anyone that would like either of those, uh, short Somber Stroll is only five short horror stories, um, but a fun little introduction to my writing style. And Brightside is my baby, uh, one of my favorite books about telepaths being rounded up. So if you haven't read those, check them out. They're free on Amazon and every other retailer. And I've also put a lot of my other books on um, all the other retailers, like Apple, Barnes & Noble, all that. So I'm trying to go wide now. And uh, yeah, so the goal is January 1st, whole new year, just really going to try to crush it. Uh, get as many people reading my stuff as possible. I do think, thanks to, well, part of my assignments, part of all this research I've been doing into the books, working on the keywords and stuff like that, is looking at reviews, not only of my book, but other books. And that has been really good. So it's let me know that, yeah, everyone has some bad reviews. Uh, Even the best books out there are going to have people that hate them. Uh, That makes me deal with my negative reviews much better. I realize everyone's got their different opinions. Um, I'm not going to like everything. So I just need to reach out and connect with the people that really do like my writing style, my personality. Um, And with that, I have redone my newsletter. I'm going to make that something that's fun. It'll be a weekly thing where I actually get to write to you really trying to encourage people to write back because it is kind of, writing's a lonely profession, especially during the fucking pandemic. So I don't, not only do am I not dealing and talking with other adults, I'm just playing with my son and my daughter. Um, I want to engage. I want to, I want to know why you're even interested in my writing. What is it about it? What would you like to see? Uh, I have so many projects that it would, is helpful when I have people say, man, when's the next book in the Messiah series coming? Or, or I really want to see what trying to die super high is or whatever it is. So I have so many different projects going, uh, that helps too. So I don't know. I just think one of my favorite things is 
meeting new people, uh, finding out what they're about. So even if that's just a short email, that's super cool. Never think that I don't want to see that stuff, that I'm too busy. That's not the case at all. So I'm always looking to connect and to make new friends. Um, what else is going on? Oh, today the pandemic audiobook just got, uh, well, I approved it. So I listened to the entire audiobook. AJ Carter did an amazing job on it. Uh, usually I'm not a big fan of listening to a whole audiobook. It takes a lot of time. Uh, I'll do it while I'm making dinner or other things. Usually I have to listen very carefully trying to catch all the errors. There were none in this. Just like with Ain't No Messiah that Rick Cheddar did, uh, AJ did an amazing job. There were no errors. I thought he did a really great job with all the different voices, making each of the deaths unique um, and making them exciting. So that has just been approved on my end. Sent him the payment. And I know ACX is taking a while on releasing audiobooks. So it could be up for maybe about a month until that is out on Audible. But I think I will probably also put it up on Findaway. And they are much faster. So hopefully that will be available soon. Um, at home, haven't been doing a whole lot. Been working on, well, the only creative stuff I've been doing is working on uh, Try Not to Die Super High. That book is disgusting. But in a good way. Uh, I actually made myself sick the other day. Part of it was I probably had smoked too much weed. The other part was I was probably dehydrated and in the sauna too long. But the other part is this scene where people are having their faces eaten and stuff like that. And just, that's just kind of disgusting. So even though I'm not going into gory details, I'm still trying to picture it. I'm still imagining it. Uh, one of the things I just realized with that book to make it so much better is to make these people that have uh, this rabies uh, more human. So right now they're kind of more monstery like no we need to see that they're, they're human so that every time that we take one of their lives you really get to you know you're torn is not just some monster this is an actual person this is a nurse that just got off work or this is a police officer or this is a someone that just was out drinking or whatever else but making it more real and uh, last night i was doing a car accident scene so steve montgomery has done an incredible job with this book he laid it all out it is his story now i'm going in cleaning it up taking my you know putting my spin on it and man so he left me with some brutality but i am having fun cleaning it up um and just making it even a little bit more disturbing a little bit more i don't want to say depressing but uh just yeah it's going to be an awesome book so my goal is to hit one of those chapters every day until I'm finished. I think I should have the rough draft by Christmas. That's what my goal is. And so that is probably what will happen. Uh, I've been pretty good about hitting my goals this year. I want to continue with that one. Um, but the nice thing is I've realized I could take off an entire month of writing if I wanted to and only focus on business, only focus on, you know, spreading everything, doing all that stuff, all the business side of stuff. But um, I'm realizing I can also do both. So I can, you know, do lots of the business stuff at nighttime and during the day. And then at night, I'll sneak away for an hour, do, an, you know, an hour on super high or whatever else and just continue it like that. So I no longer am thinking I'm just one way. It's not all one way or the other, you know, all creativity or all marketing. I could do both and everything's all good. Um, 
Mm, on that note, I say I wrap this shit up because I've got work to do. And I need to have some sword fighting with my son. Uh, that's what he likes doing on his breaks. We grab our little Nerf swords and beat each other up pretty good. So, a little bit of exercise. Uh, haven't been doing a whole lot of exercise. I need to do better at that. Started getting back onto the hydro. Did five days last week. This week, I'll shoot for another five. Actually, I will do another five since I said it. Now, it shall be done. Um, also, fitting in some jiu-jitsu with my wife. That's been fun. Been keeping that up. Definitely every Sunday. But we're going to try to pick that up to three times a week. What I'm realizing is I need to actually write this shit down. I need to write down that I'm going to start doing kettlebells, that I'm going to do these other things. Otherwise, I just won't do them. It's so easy to get to the end of the day and be like, ah, I don't feel like doing that. But if I write it down, it'll be done. So we'll see. I haven't written that shit down yet. Um, but when I do, then it'll be official. I'll let you guys know how it went next week. But I'm going to get going. I'm sure you guys got lots of stuff to do also. But first, you need to listen to Counting on It. Uh, this, ah, fuck, I should have looked up who the narrator is. I'll put him in the credits. Uh, he probably did a great job. If it is a man, I don't even know if it's a man. I think it is. I can't remember listening to it. It's a third-person story, so um, not too sure. All right, but we'll go on on that from Untold Mayhem. That's counting on it. I hope you guys have an incredible week, and I will talk to you later. Peace. Counting on it. Blake had read all the directives, watched all the videos, and signed all the waivers, but he never thought this could happen to him. He was lying on the office floor with a throbbing puncture through his palm, a jagged gash down his forearm, and a dime-sized hole in his shoulder. His emergency situation training was a blur. Never look away from the subject because it shows fear, or was it never make eye contact to show your compliance? Do you question his authority or challenge it? Demand he listen or beg for mercy. Damn it, if only he had paid attention. Blake kept his eyes on the oversized teenager hovering over him. Put it down, Teddy. Please put it down. I won't fight. In his annoyingly slow monotone, Teddy said, Kill number one was Manny. Manny the nanny. He did girl job. The initial shock was wearing off and Blake's wounds hurt like hell. Teddy must have hit a vein in his shoulder because it was flowing freely. Even if the dumb bastard didn't stab him again, Blake was in danger of bleeding out. Time for a new tactic. As your doctor, I'm commanding you to stop this. Put the shank down. Teddy waved the piece of rusty metal back and forth. Manny liked boys. That's not why you killed him. I know that. He jabbed playfully at Blake's face, made him cringe against the wall. Fifteen-year-olds don't have babysitters. I was bigger, too. Much bigger. Teddy was a solid 220 pounds. His size combined with the mental ability of a first grader made for a scary package. I saw the pictures. Put it down, Teddy. Let's talk. He said, love. Teddy looked through Blake with his vacant blue eyes. I bashed his head, and he stopped ticking. Let me up, Teddy. Let me sit in my chair. We can talk about Manny. 
Mommy and Daddy were mad for him not being there when they got home. I said he went with his boyfriend. They didn't look in the garage. You think that's funny? It is. He grinned from ear to ear and struck downward, the sharpened scrap of metal tearing through Blake's slacks and into his calf. Blake screamed, but no one was around to hear it. The office was at the end of the deserted wing. Bob was the only one who knew they were in here, and Bob wouldn't be helping out any time soon. Jesus, Teddy, stop that so we can talk. Teddy wiped the blood onto the front of his orange state-issued sweatshirt and held up his thumb and index finger. Two was granddaddy. He said batteries. Had a real small one in his heart. How stupid. One battery can't make a person tick. My race car is four and it stops ticking after one day. I showed him when I held the bag over his head. Teddy could understand the concept of batteries dying, but still couldn't wrap his pea-sized brain around his stupid little question, the one no one had answered correctly thus far. Blake told him, That was wrong. You know that deep down. He was wrong. Blake had a difficult time talking through his tears. That's not what I meant. Why don't you put that on the table? Why don't you stop crying? I don't want to die. Tell me the answer. There is no right answer. Teddy stared at the three fingers he was holding up. Three. Grandpa's nurse, Miss Jelly, said she knew. That's not her real name, but I like to say it. Jelly Belly. I like Jelly Belly since she has a big belly. Why'd you kill Miss Kelly? What did she answer? She said heart. I didn't even cut near her heart. You slit her throat. Don't talk to me like I don't know anything. I hate it when people treat me special. This was the first time Teddy showed real anger. Blake had to tread carefully. You are special. I'm average. Why do you say that? Who taught you that? You did. You said I got 71 on my test. In school, I never got that high. 71 is a C. Blake sighed. That was an IQ test, Teddy. I have average IQ. Blake groaned. I explained that to you. It's well below average. You sure? Teddy jabbed Blake twice in the stomach. Stop it, Teddy! Jesus Christ, put that thing down! I'm sorry. I'm just trying to explain. Teddy wiped more blood onto his sweatshirt. Number four lied. Mama said family. That was no reason to throw the curling iron in the bathtub. Rest of family was still alive when she stopped ticking. She lied. You killed her before your father? He didn't hear anything? Drunk was asleep. Didn't wake until whole bed was on fire. Teddy imitated his father's death throes and said, He was all like this, like he was swimming in the air, but screaming. Blake's strength had diminished greatly and he was having trouble concentrating. Can I sit in my chair, Teddy? I'm talking about five. Five? He held out all five fingers on his left hand. Daddy was five. He said money. His money was on the dresser when he stopped tick-tock, tick-tock ticking. 
Blake might still have a chance if he could remember how many people Teddy had killed. Blake stalled by saying, You know that money doesn't keep us alive. Why did you really kill him? To show he lied. He said money. You need to understand the difference between literal and figurative. I know they're big words and hard to understand, but you need to try. I don't need to do nothing. I give rules now. You do. I'm sorry. I'm listening, Teddy. You don't need the shank anymore. I won't try to do anything, I promise. Still holding the weapon with his four fingers, Teddy extended his thumb and concentrated on how many fingers he was holding up. Six. That was Mikey. He lied. Said girls. He didn't say girls, but I know that's what he meant. He said bad word for naughty place down there. Did you hate your brother? He teased you a lot, didn't he? He lied. There were no girls around when he stopped ticking. What about Stacy? Wasn't she home? In the other room. Not for long. Why'd you kill her? She said beauty. I cut her face forty, fifty, sixty times. She had no more beauty but kept ticking. She stopped when I held her down in the bathtub with Mommy. That way they could be together. What number was she? Teddy stopped wobbling side to side and looked as if his mind temporarily shut down. After a few seconds of silence, he smiled and held up seven fingers, the grip on his weapon not very secure. If the numbers were right, Blake might get out of the situation. Teddy wasn't able to count past ten, said there was no higher number. Ten was the ultimate number, the highest there could ever be. When Blake had challenged him on it during their first session, Teddy had gone into a nearly catatonic state and wasn't coaxed out of it for nearly an hour. Teddy, can you calm down so we can talk for a minute? I want to help you figure things out. Then tell me the answer. Don't lie. I can think better if you put that down. Just put it on the table so we can talk. I want to talk to you. You have no choice. You're going to talk. Please put it down. If you put it down and let me off the floor, we can have a normal conversation like rational adults. Rational? You're capable of rational thought. We had a great conversation last session. Court said I'm not. Are you smarter than the judge? Blake was surprised by Teddy's reasoning, but not pleased with the way he was leading the conversation. I'm not saying that. So what are you saying? I'd like for both of us to sit in our chairs and talk about what happened. That's what I'm doing. Number eight was policeman. Couldn't ask him before I stabbed him. No time. The cop had been the last one on Teddy's killing spree. Eight wasn't enough. Did you know he had a family? You killed him and it had nothing to do with your question. Teddy swung the shank in a wide arc, the tip ripping through Blake's shirt and tearing a path across his chest. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's not stupid. I didn't mean that. I meant to say it isn't a fair question. The front of Blake's shirt was bright crimson. He had to do something quick, but he was already so weak. There is no real answer. No one can answer that question correctly. Teddy set the bloody shank on the desk and held up nine fingers. Adam thought he could. 
He snored loud. He said we have gears like a watch. Adam was severely retarded. I ripped him apart all night. Couldn't find one piece of metal. Teddy wasn't exaggerating. When the orderly entered their room the next morning, he slipped on the blood-slick floor and landed on top of the mutilated teenager. They never found the weapon, but Blake figured it had to be the one Teddy was now wielding. Where'd you hide it? Laundry bin, wrapped in dirty underwear. No one looks there. Very smart. Too smart for someone with his IQ. Teddy fanned all his fingers. Ten, ten, ten. I did ten. He nodded toward the far corner. He's ten. Blake had blocked out Bob so thoroughly that he hadn't included him in the death toll. Look at him, Doc. That'll be you if you give the wrong answer. Blake had been avoiding looking in that direction. Pictures were one thing. An actual corpse was quite another. The orderly was curled in the corner, his back facing Blake, a sagging brown stain across the seat of the white pants. Blake said, Why won't you use his name, Teddy? He had a name. I know his name. It's Bob. I know all the guards. Teddy picked up the shank and the tape recorder. Don't try that psycho stuff on me. You don't need those. I know. I could kill you with my hands. Teddy's speech was noticeably faster and more animated. He pressed stop on the recorder and set it back on the desk. Blake needed to keep him calm and talking. Why, Bob? He was a nice guy. What did he do to you? Nothing. Nothing at all. Far as I could tell, he was a swell guy. So why this? Well, for one, I don't think he would exactly stand by and let this session go like this. No, I don't suppose he would have. But the real reason was he didn't answer the question correctly. I asked him last night when he locked me down. What did he tell you? Come on, Doc, don't cheat. If I tell you what he said, you'll know not to say it. I wouldn't want to give you any unfair advantages. Strange. Teddy suddenly sounded more intelligent but Blake figured he must be delirious from a loss of blood. I thought you said I was smart. Surely I must be smarter than Bob. Damn, you're colder than I thought. This dude hasn't even been dead for ten minutes and you're already tearing apart his character. Blake sat up, trying to block out his lightheadedness and focus on Teddy. Maybe he was disoriented, but he could have sworn there was a twinkle in Teddy's piercing blue eyes that had never been there before. I just meant that typically doctors are smarter than orderlies. I don't think that is necessarily true. But let's go ahead and say that it is. If you're so smart, tell me what Bob said. How could I possibly know that? You tell me, Doc. Let's see those intellectual powers at work. There you go. You got smoke pouring out your ears. Don't worry. I was only speaking figuratively, he said, winking at the doctor. Really got those gears in overdrive. It could have been anything. I don't know. Blake plunged the shank deep into Blake's thigh. Blake clutched Teddy's fist and held it so the bastard couldn't pull it out. God damn it, Teddy! Stop, please! Teddy twisted his fist. Hurry up and tell me what Bob gave as his answer. 
Blake gritted his teeth and held on as tight as he could. I don't know. I mean, I can't possibly be sure, but I know he didn't say it was anything to do with blood or his throat. True. I guess I can't expect any more of you than that. Teddy shook his fist, the jagged metal tearing away at Blake's muscle. But if you had to take a wild guess, what would you say? Please stop. I can't think anymore. You can't kill me, Teddy. Do you know what number I would be? Including the ones I got away with, or just those you know about? Blake was silent a moment. The ones we know? I just said that Bob was ten, Teddy grinned. Don't you know what comes after ten? I know what it is, but I want to hear you say it. Eleven, Teddy ripped his hand backward, breaking Blake's grip and escaping with his knife. How's that? I have a wife, Teddy. Her name is Suzanne. Stop your sniffling and take a guess. I'd hurry if I were you. I'm starting to get bored. I kind of feel like painting. A small volcano spewed lava where the shank had been. He stuffed part of his pants into the gushing wound. You think they'll just let you go back to your room and daily activities after this? Why not? What happened today isn't any different from what happened in the real world. I'm just a mentally challenged, confused young man trying to find the answer to a simple question. It's obvious you were faking that. Funny how it took you up until now to figure it out if it was so obvious. You're a good actor. We underestimated you. I know. They'll put you in prison. You'll be executed when they discover you were faking. How? The tape recorder is off. Bob's not telling them. Teddy nudged the orderly with his shoe. Are you, Bob? No, I didn't think so. And I really doubt you'll tell them. You wouldn't break that patient-doctor confidentiality clause, would you? I wouldn't think of it. Nice try, you weasel. That doesn't protect me, and we both know it. But enough stalling. What was Bob's answer? Three, two, one. Have you heard it before? Was it like any of the other answers? For someone who's supposed to be answering a question, you seem to have a whole lot. Give me a chance. Fine, Doc. I'll give you a shot. It was similar to one of the answers I'd heard before, but I won't tell you whose. Bob was a pretty literal, straightforward kind of guy. I'm going to say he answered like your granddad's nurse. He either said the heart or brain. Wow, you are pretty smart. He said it was the brain. When a person is brain dead in every sense of the word, they're dead. Teddy held the jagged point to Blake's throat. So, tell me the answer. This really is your last chance. Blake was too weak to fight. He couldn't even raise his hand above his stomach. You must understand, there is no true answer. Maybe you're right. Maybe there isn't. Everyone else said they knew, but they were all wrong. I proved that they were wrong. I got in trouble for it. That's not right. Getting in trouble because they were wrong. You got in trouble for committing nine acts of cold-blooded murder, not for proving someone wrong. Guess it's a matter of opinion. So, what makes you tick, Doc? Personally, what motivates me? Is that what you're asking? Sure. Teddy, is that what you're asking me or not? Don't worry, you can tell me. 
First, tell me why you did all this. Why pretend you were disabled? Your file said you've been slow ever since first grade. Teddy shared his sick grin, applied more pressure with the shank. Do you have any idea just how much you can get away with if people think you're even slightly retarded? And I'm not talking about this murder stuff. I'm talking day-to-day -day shit. You don't have to do schoolwork. You can ignore anyone you want. You can act any way you want. You can flip off your teacher and harass your schoolmates, and people write it off as you not knowing any better. It's the truest form of a free pass. Do what you want, when you want, to whoever you want, with almost no repercussions. And the stigma? You don't have a problem with that? Who cares? Look what I did and look where I'm at. I get three meals, a ton of snacks, a nice cocktail of pills, all the painting materials I could ever want, and a bunch of retards to take advantage of. This place beats the real world any day. Why risk it then? Why'd you tell me? I'm not risking anything. I just want your arrogant ass to realize there are smarter people out there than you, and I'm only fifteen. You should be proud of yourself, Blake said sarcastically. I am, but it doesn't sound like you are. No one was coming to his rescue, and Teddy was going to kill him. Blake had barely felt the blade break the skin, but his entire front was warm from the blood pouring down his chest. It wasn't so bad. It didn't hurt. It felt like he was sitting in a warm bath. If it weren't for Teddy's ice-cold, calculating smirk, this wouldn't be a bad way to go. He only hoped the others didn't fall for Teddy's low IQ act. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.